0: The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John.
1: This is Rebecca.
0: This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas.
2: And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast.
3: Uh, novels? I don't give a shit. Like, I don't know why. These were novels,
1: is. and I, I can guarantee I'm not going to read them again.
3: Yeah, I just like, I feel like. But I wanted This them. I like because I like having that, right? Don't. I yeah. just want to keep building on that. But Build books, that like, I don't... A I, good book should be passed along.
0: I put everything on my Kindle. Or, yeah, I don't have a problem loaning stuff <gasps> out to people because I read it, and if I want to read it again, I'll find it online. I'll get it digitally or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lucas was just... That's never... how it
1: is with the the Dora novelization that I bought. Cassie <laughs> was like... I'll have to buy that. And I'm like, you can just have mine. <laughs> Cause once I finish it, I'm not going to read it again.
0: <laughs> yep, I'm same way with prose, which why did you buy the door office? Because
1: it is buck wild. It's got some segments in there that, but now having seen the movie, it's like, it all makes sense. But the book is like aggressive. It is like, <laughs> remember animals don't talk. You fucking idiot. And then <laughs> like, she talks about her backpack and the, it's the book is like, well, if you want to sing the song, go for it. We'll wait. <laughs> what the fuck? The book is like so aggressive. It's so good. And then there's a difference. So if I'm going to talk about the Dora movie for a second, you please go. do.
2: You go. Uh, we started, John, by the
3: way. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. I got no a intro. microphone in my hand. No intro. Welcome to the Big Shiny Podcast. To my left, you got Rebecca Frost talking about Dora Explorer. We got Nick running the mics, fiddling with knobs. We got Lucas. Committing to something he can't follow through on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lucas has a pile of books in front of him that he's never going to read. Yeah, no.
3: I'm your host, John. I haven't slept. Been like four days. Feeling a little psychotic.
1: Thanks for having us in your home. Yeah, no problem.
2: Oh man, psychotic John.
1: Anyway, yeah. so in the door of the Explorer mo- movie, mm-hmm. Swiper, right? We all know Swiper the, the Fox. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, he f- he swipes stuff. Gotcha. And, like, uh,
3: like Tinder? <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Swiping just just uh, as in stealing. Uh, Classic Fox. Classic yeah. Fox. Mm-hmm. He's got gloves and a mask, and even one of the main characters is like, why does he need a mask? Who the fuck is going to recognize him? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you don't need a disguise. They don't know who you are.
1: And, but in the book, so in, uh, so in the movie, he just swipes, and he... Uh, That's just all he does. But in the book, he gets a redemption arc and he has like a whole existential crisis about how he's like, no, Swiper doesn't want to swipe anymore. Swiper wants to live a normal, happy life. (laughs) Good
3: God. Yeah. Wait, is this like a novel?
1: Yeah. It's like a, it's like, you know how they turn movies into books for kids? Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what that is. Jeez. It's awesome. Weird. There's a scene where they're walking through a, a, a plant. Because they're in they're in forest, right? So they're walking through a, a specific plant field, and they're like, "Don't touch anything." And then one of them accidentally touches a thing, so all these spores get released, and they start hallucinating and animated. So it looks like the door of the cartoon.
2: Well, so this isn't a movie. It is a movie. Well, I kn- you're talking about the book, yeah. You're too, switching so. back and forth on us.
1: But it's also in the book. Okay. <laughs> it Holy talks way. about how they look animated.
2: <laughs> so then they look like the cartoon.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You've been so excited for this movie. It was
1: it was very good. I was telling these guys earlier, there's a part. So in the beginning, it opens with like six-year-old Dora, and she and her family sit down to dinner, and she's like, mm, delicioso. And she breaks the fourth wall and say, can, says, can you say a delicioso? And her parents are like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael Peña's like... Of like, course he's in it. He's actually very good. I, he's growing on me. I used to not like him. I like him. But he's growing on me. I,
3: I mean, ever since... Uh... Eastbound and Down. He was like my <laughs> favorite character on that show. That he great. owns the Mexican baseball team. <laughs> it's perfect. Do you, no one's seen that? I have, but oh it was so God. long ago, I don't remember. it' was <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fell in love with that guy. <laughs> and uh, what's the Seth Rogen movie? Observe and Report? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right yeah that, that one's yeah. on Netflix right now. I don't see him as a leading man, but he's a great supporting character, as we all know from Ant-Man. Well, he was a great... He was, he was a great...
1: Very true. Science Dad, in Dora the Explorer. He's a dad. He's her dad. He was a dad. And Eva there's Longoria that, is the mom.
3: There's that Netflix movie where he's also he's married to Lizzie Kaplan, and they're like fighting aliens. Anyone seen that?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah,
3: I don't. Either do I. We're moving <laughs> on. <Here> we go. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, so I can't talk about it. Right? Before
2: we go on, I want yeah. to. Th- we're having our podcast in John's place, and this is
3: like. It's fucking nerdery down here, magic right? <laughs> this
0: is a collector's paradise down I, here. I want to. You have all these records. I don't see a record player. It's tucked in the back. We oh, ran okay. out of space. <laughs> I can
3: I can get to it very easily, but it's not. We don't visible. play records here. They're all only like, for looking at. Them. I like
1: your seventeen Black Crows posters. There's
3: two. I have like <laughs> six more in storage. Oh, you gotta exaggerate, <laughs> Rebecca. If we just ran out of wall space. Oh, the slice. Yeah, I'm a diehard. If you were unaware.
1: I can see that. But yeah. right. so to One describe it, John's got a shit <laughs> ton
2: of vinyl records, autographed
3: David Bowie. Oh, nice. yeah,
1: nice. Yep, got a got lots wall of cool stuff. full of records.
2: Bunch of
3: skateboard. What's that's uh, Mariel's father. He's a pro skateboarder. Oh my god, <laughs> Mariel's father his, is
1: a skateboarder. She just yeah, got way cooler.
3: <laughs> Mike Conroy. That's his pro model board. Wow. One of
2: them. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. She's way too cool for you. I'm sorry, John. That's true. I know. Yeah. I know. Speaking of being
3: too Don't cool for you, it. I
2: like all your statues. Are those figure arts,
3: mostly. No, they're mostly uh, the artifacts plus Kodabakia. Oh yeah, that's what.
2: Those are really. They good. keep
3: going down. You just we had to push the couch back for this podcast, so you can't <laughs> see. You have a lot of Spider-Man down below. Oh okay, cool. And a great Ganthet statue, which. Mariella laughs at every day. She, she does not know who the Guardians of the Universe are or why they look so weird. It was one of those uh, John's using, and he wakes up, and all of a sudden there's a package on the door. It was one of those purchases.
0: I saw you have your, your Alfred, uh, or no, it's uh, your Batman like flip-up thing in your office.
3: Yeah, we just didn't have space for it. That and the Iron Man helmet. Remember that. Yeah, you yeah. bought that for me.
0: Yep. What fucking nerds.
1: Need a bigger place, bud.
3: I know. We'll we'll get there.
0: You know? Shit, all the stuff that you had, I have video at your office. When you had your fucking IKEA oh, shelves yeah. just Yeah. That
2: stuff's still around. I've been going through another purge, so I've been ebaying a shit ton of stuff lately. Uh mm. you guys could be in trouble. Pat's gonna sell a ton of his stuff. Is he? Yeah. I'd probably buy some of that, depending on what he's got. He
0: has a lot of Star Wars do. shit.
3: I don't. I'm on like a hiatus, right? <laughs> <now. Yeah. laughs> I bought into a business this year. I'm just trying to. Don't know if you know. So this. Maybe. kind of a big yeah. deal. December. Not a big deal. Just like in debt, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> all not on the the purchases of the stuff. So your shirt reminds me of a story. I went to
2: Lagoon this week with work.
3: Yeah, and I. I'm
2: sorry. I'm not very good with this, Nick. I have to hold this microphone.
3: (laughs) So uh,
2: (laughs) I went to to Lagoon, and she's like 24. She's there with her husband, who's similar age. And we had to wear our white company shirts. And some of the kids had tie-dyed theirs that were there. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how she wanted to. She's like, I should have tie-dyed mine. And I asked her if she was a deadhead. And she just looked at me and said, You know, like The Grateful Dead. And she said, oh, I haven't seen that movie. Oh my no, God. no, no. That is. I thought John would lose his shit.
3: Like, I don't care, but like. I don't care, but that sucks. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's like. I would argue they are the most influential American band. Like, they started a whole genre of music, they played for 50 years. Them are the Ramones. You know, it's always yeah. a toss up. Like, who. But, That's like, fair. in America, yeah. living on this planet, like, you should know who <laughs> the Grateful Dead is. Well,
0: and if you haven't and seen... And John
3: Mayer's playing guitar now. So, like, this whole generation of teeny boppers and, is I'm also And I'm sorry, John Mayer's aware, playing but,
1: guitar now?
3: For the Grateful Dead. For oh, Dead oh, I and thought you just meant right?
1: in general. And I'm like...
3: Oh, no, no. He's been playing guitar. For
1: That's, the Grateful Dead, huh?
3: Yeah
0: um guy at I did work i not know that he's oh yeah
3: dead and company is yeah. like dead and company that's what it is yeah. yeah
0: guy at work sent me that the other day he's just like man i've been jamming out to this i'm just like You're super into joe rogan super into like jujitsu and kickboxing huge deadhead not what i would expect <laughs> you know all. what
1: though so andrew big old nerd right
0: i mean a way different kind of nerd, big old like,
1: nerd. Like his favorite bands are like Sublime and Eve <laughs> Six, <laughs> and uh, but his the one thing that is like different about him, he fucking loves Garth Brooks.
0: I mean, hmm. Garth Brooks is pretty great,
1: but it was like just based on everything else about him, I like can't wrap my head around the How Garth
0: Brooks. How old is Andrew? Yeah, I 31. mean. Huh? 31. Oh, 31. so, so you think like you the 90s me,
2: nothing surprised me about Andrew yeah, the
0: 90s <laughs> like my sister was a huge garth brooks fan in the 90s like he was everywhere and so if he just get the right influence when he was a little kid not my thing i think i can speak for lucas here if it's Please like <laughs>
3: outlaw country i'm all about it but like modern country oh, no. i do not
0: maybe no. like Sturdle simpson chris stapleton yeah um What's his name? The guitarist from uh, the Foo Fighters has a country band now, Chris Shiflett. Oh, really? Oh, I <laughs> like, didn't know that. Girl. No,
2: if uh, <laughs> it can't hold up a dude with an acoustic guitar on his own, I don't give a shit.
3: If they are not potentially either playing in a venue that has barbed wire, similar to the uh, the Blues Brothers, <laughs> or if they are not willing to go out and fight a member of the audience, it's not my kind of country. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we Probably went like to a Chris Garth Chris Brooks.
3: Christopherson. Yeah, I would go see anytime. Merle Haggard. Chris Christopherson, right. why the Blade movies are so great. Johnny Cash, obviously. Oh man.
1: Yeah, we saw a Garth Brooks concert at the Delta Center and it was like a stadium show and their drummers in a ball and mm-hmm. That's why
0: people like Garth oh, Thunder Road right. in the the yeah. whole
1: stadium goes dark, and
3: there's thunder.
0: Wait, like he's got friends in low like places. Bruce Springsteen, Thunder Road?
3: Is Garth Brooks? cover bruce springsteen no
1: maybe i've about the song wrong. have you
2: uh have you guys heard and my th- favorite johnny cash story about the the middle finger that poster that everybody's seen yeah we're gonna go into this okay you okay. yeah. have to deal with it <laughs> this is like yeah. you just gotta, you gotta bear is, with me here this is where it's going so uh johnny cash when he did live at folsom prison the photographer was near him and he said hey how about one for the warden he flips off the camera that's the picture we've all seen this on t-shirts and posters Fast forward to the end of his career, uh, I think it's, I could know this wrong, but I'm going to say it was Nashville was his music mm-hmm. company that like produced all his albums. So they started pushing him to try to do more stuff like Garth Brooks and those artists. And he said, that's just not me. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Um, and then that's when Rick Rubin approached him and said, we need to do an album together, whatever you want. Well, Rick Rubin was known for Beastie Boys and hip hop, lots of rap. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Exactly. That. So the the production company, I'm pretty sure it's Nashville, said, "We're just dropping you. You're old. We don't give a shit anymore. We've been with you this long, but we're not going to pr- let you produce albums with uh Rick Rubin. We want Garth Brooks stuff." So Rick Rubin starts his own company, American, mm-hmm. which they produced the American album on, yeah. and they ended up winning a bunch of Grammys for. So the next uh, spring after that. Rick Rubin takes out a full-page ad in Rolling Stone magazine with that picture of Johnny Cash flipping the bird, and it says, thanks to Nashville Music for all their support. And in the corner says, a Grammy award-winning album. I love it.
1: That's some petty shit. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I'm okay with that amount of petty.
1: (laughs) You're okay with spending thousands of dollars on an ad in the Rolling Stone?
0: I mean, Rick Rubin has plenty of money to spend on being an asshole. That's -hmm. why he looks the way he looks. He can kind of do whatever he wants at this point. So... I just want to point out, we went from Door to the Explorer to uh, Rick Rubin and uh, Johnny Cash in twelve minutes.
1: Speak, I love it. Speaking of License to Ill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Paul's Boutique. Speaking of ill
0: music, communication,
1: the boys. That was a good transition. Uh, that was
0: the worst transition yet. So,
2: the boys, the comic book that Beastie
3: to... Boys to the Boys. Yeah, I yeah. feel oh, like God. there we go. For a juggle nice yeah. bus. I feel yep. like this is.
2: I mean, Nick's giving me some tips here, but you if you can't hear me, I apologize. On
1: tip. You know so, what? Anything is better than the last two episodes we put out because the audio <laughs> on those was absolute oh, trash. Really? I, 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 absolute hey, trash. Hey, no promises here. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see
0: what happens. We had to use GarageBand the last few times because Tom's computer broke. Yeah. But now we're
3: we're back in two weeks. <laughs> From now. <laughs> For Before sure. There. Maybe today. Maybe.
1: Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if we'll Tom's see. another another tournament.
3: So the boys. Are you went, jealous of Street Fighter? That's kinda. I that just wish he would spend
1: there. more time with us. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Damn.
1: We're real. Street Fighter's fake.
2: Alright, I'm gonna try this again, ready? Mm-hmm. The boys. Don't you say
1: that. Don't you say that! <laughs> Sorry.
3: that
2: wasn't even planned. So I don't know if you remember, John, when the boys came out, Garth Ennis made a big deal that he was gonna out preacher preacher. That yeah. was that was his I'm going to be so over the top and crazy. And for me, reading the comic, it kind of lost me. I didn't really dig it as much. So this TV series I wasn't as invested in, but watching it, I loved it. I loved well, it more than the comic. Garth Ennis is incredible. very much like,
3: I'm going to be edgy as fuck. Well, and I think
2: which works it was, sometimes, and sometimes it misses. Well, I read he
3: the first out, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. He put out the Pro, mm-hmm. which is just like a four-issue miniseries, and it was so re- well-received that I feel like The Boys is kind of an expansion of that. He I definitely would into agree this with that whole series
2: of it. Are you familiar with the Pro
0: Rebecca?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am.
0: Okay, cool. We'll just yeah. move along then.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry.
0: No, um, a guy at work gave me I think the first two trades of The Boys like last year. Oh, okay. I'd never even heard of it until he mentioned it. So I read that, and then it was like right after They're like, Oh yeah, they're gonna make this an Amazon series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, reading that, the like, like you said, I wasn't super into it because it's a little edgy for edginess's sake and then but like seeing the trailer for the show it looked vastly better
2: well so i don't know if you recall um vertigo is who published the uh, preacher comics vertigo was a subset of dc it was like the rated r line right
1: was is no more
2: it is no more rest in peace vertigo so they dc was going to publish the boys vertigo under the vertigo line and they did for the first 12 issues i think Mm mm-hmm and then they had the a Teen Titans arc where some Teen Titans character carried a gerbil in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> and the owner of DC was like, okay, we're done. Sorry. Like, we're getting out of this contract. You can do whatever you want with this book. So Dynamite, being one of the smaller publishers, picked it up. Probably the best decision they ever made. And they ran with it for however many issues, I forget.
3: I mean, it was like in the 70s. It was like nine volumes all together, maybe 10. It was up there. I think it ended on like seventy. 70- 2 or 78. That sounds about right. Yeah, somewhere in there. So, who wants to give the synopsis of the show?
1: Superheroes, but they're bad. True. Superheroes as run by a corporation. So, Same. Disney
2: Corporation, but more evil, running seven superheroes, like a Justice seven, League yeah. f- team, and we slowly find out they're one,
1: very bad when people. One retires, one makes it in via like an American Idol type vote. Mm-hmm. And she's like farm grown Iowa. And then we quickly learn that men in power are trash. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's, uh I mean, in case there was any wonder, we're going to spoil this while we talk about it.
1: Yeah. So, so,
2: so she learns pretty quickly that her dream isn't such a great dream after all.
1: Yeah. Who knew that? I don't know how to, how to phrase it. The
0: Go ahead, John. The with a creep? I don't
1: know. Your you're idols are so. creepy. No. Don't meet your teen crushes.
2: <laughs> so she wants to be a superhero, but she's a very invested in the act of being a hero, not so much the the cloud of it. Most of the superheroes that we see are more of a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their own marketing team, et cetera, et cetera. They're and very then, produced and rehearsed. Exactly. And then we've got Huey, um, one of the main characters, who's kind of like simon Pegg and shawn of the dead just he's just there uh he doesn't really do a lot uh at this point in his life he's got a girlfriend and then an accident happens with one of these a-list superheroes where she dies because the superhero runs through her we don't basically know why the then. flash yeah exactly the flash explodes equivalent. her thank you
3: it's her with such force <laughs>
1: That she just she explodes. She just
3: explodes. He is left with two hands <laughs> in his hands and there is nothing left but a puddle of goo. And so Very of course Garth he's Dennis.
1: like justice for my exploded girlfriend, but the the comp the superhero company is like here's $40,000 if you'll just, like, let this go.
2: Yeah, and for the most part, uh, we as the show goes on, we find that there is a lot of collateral damage, and most of the United States just looks the other way because they are celebrities, and they're more excited about that aspect. So Huey meets Butcher, who we also find has some reason to be wanting to take down the superhero team, and Huey and him pair up, and that's kind of where the show goes. The three of those characters, I think, are the, your lead characters. you got Starlight... Huey and Butcher, and they represent the different contrasts of vengeance. So Butcher being the darkest, he will sacrifice everything for vengeance, whereas Starlight is probably the most pure character, and Huey continually bounces between the two of those characters for the whole series. Yeah. He does some good stuff, he does some bad stuff, and in the end, where does he end up?
1: Yep. Starlight drives me fucking crazy. Really? She's the worst. Let's hear about it. She's just so bland. I mean,
2: I can't
3: believe they yeah. turned her in the first season already. Because in the books, that goes on for volumes. Well, where don't... they have, she has no idea. Huey knows, but she doesn't know Huey is part of this black bag operation that keeps... <laughs> Messing up her justice league. Well, that's
0: some of the big... So, like, in the books, they immediately can fuck up superheroes. Yeah. Like, they...
3: They take the compound V,
0: which didn't even happen this season. They can punch through fucking anything. So, they didn't get souped up at all in this. They're just, like, normal people trying to kill superheroes, which I kind of liked how they're doing slow burn on that because if they had gone in immediately and Carl Urban can punch through a superhero's head... There's not really any stakes. But yeah. I expected,
3: like, last episode, like, I'm waiting the whole time. Marielle can vouch for this. I started yelling. fucking like, well, <laughs> do it already. Just do it. <laughs> I, waiting for, I, like, I Huey to did. shoot up? For all those guys to take Compound V, which doesn't give them mm. powers. Just like, makes them stronger. They just get, like, the stamina agility strength where they can hold their own. They can still get beat up pretty bad, but they have an edge. Gotcha. There's nothing better than in the comics butcher with that crowbar and super strength going against <laughs> Fucking Carl he Urban. He
1: every line is every line that he says is just wacky.
0: It's very try hard, edgy yeah. stuff. But it fits with the character and then Carl Urban does a great job being well, I, that.
1: I got sure. the first volume on Comixology. And I'm like, oh, this is, like, quite literally how he talks in the show. <laughs> bruv. Bruv. Love yeah. Bruv. Bruv. Yeah, I
3: think Brogan always tries to really stick to that. If you look at Cassidy and most characters in Preacher, like, he tries very hard. This diverged a lot harder from the books than Preacher did. So I feel I'm only like. two
2: in for Preacher. Well, not even that. For the seasons. Yeah. But the boys, as I understand it, it's completely different by the fourth or fifth episodes, what you were saying. Yeah,
3: I mean, like, I was stoked, because first episode, I'm like, oh, they're just doing this great, and then it just takes a hard left. And it's still good, and I guess I kind of like it, so you then know, because yeah, I don't want to, I happen. know exactly what I'm going to get if, if they were gonna, to do it. So what are yeah. the
1: differences? Well, so like, we uh, well like I
3: said, Starlight, like right away, they realize who each other are, and she mm. turns, which like doesn't happen until the very because she still gets doesn't she she gets worse when she joins the seven, right? She starts, yeah. I mean, so first they they tone down the blowjob scene because mm. in the book that is
2: it's a lot more graphic from what I recall.
3: She shows up. And it happens with Aquaman, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No way!" And she turns around, and you have the rest of the men on the team also standing there with their dicks out, and she gets a blow bang. And then that that scene with Mae, where she's like, clean herself up in the mm-hmm. books. She is like bukkake face, like that is what that scene is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Why? fucked
0: up. It's fucked. Um, the the seven are Garth Ennis. mostly like sexual deviants. Like it's a lot in the book is just them having orgies and things, like at least and like I guess fucking prostitutes b- to death.
1: Like I guess the TV show makes it realistic. I don't know. Like I am more likely to believe one guy being like, "You want to be part of the team," rather than just like a whole string of guys.
2: It felt like they did a good job on the show of giving each of the super characters a shitty attribute instead of them all. Like you're saying, sharing. Oh, we're all sexual deviants. And like yeah. no. Nope. Ego, et cetera, et cetera. And then the guy playing Homelander, holy shit. He's he does great.
1: such a phenomenal job. Dude,
3: that, I mean, laughs so hard. Every time he looks at that baby. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's going to kill greatest, that baby. The thing. <laughs> Just the jealousy, and he kind of does. He's, that face he makes is so good. Good, just also, like that, like <laughs> subtle twitch and like yeah. the smile. But it's like so sick, and the way he can flip <laughs> yeah. from like when he's yeah. making
1: like the commercial or documentary or whatever yeah. at his how at his childhood home, uh, and how he just like flips from being like happy homelander to be like, okay are we done?" Yeah, that's so good. And also uh, Elizabeth Shue actually like super terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: she was really good. She
1: was so good, so scary. Like I was terrified of her
0: plays a manipulator so well. Mm-hmm. Is uh the line with like them shipping Compound V all over the U.S. to make is that a plot line from the book too? Yeah, yeah,
3: that's the main thing, right? They get a hold of it, they realize what's happening. Uh, the CIA like purifies it for them, takes the risk away, and okay. so that's why they don't get like abilities. They just get super strength. Is like it's safe enough for an adult to take, but it's not gonna give you flight and laser eyes and all that stuff. So yeah. so then yeah.
1: how is it, because all these different heroes have different abilities, how it does like the compound V make that happen? Just everybody's like, I guess I'll develop aqua powers and I guess I'll develop feathered wings. Think of uh,
3: like X-Men kind of, like right? it's going to go in your body. It's going to alter you somehow. Results are always going to be different. different. Yeah. Hmm. And I think within the books, it's not all Compound V. There are some like naturally born metahumans. Oh, really? And this the show has said
2: it's all at this
3: point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as we know, I don't. I could be wrong on that. I haven't read The Boys in seven years. You know, or Mm -hmm. six years, whenever it ended.
2: I did think that was an interesting approach, where you have all these evangelicals that believe superheroes were chosen by God to come and save us. Really, it was just the corporation. Well, in the book, Starlight stars. is
0: super Christy, like super duper. <laughs> they toned it down a lot for
2: this. So, is there love interest in the comic? Is that a thing, Huey and Starlight? Yeah, totally. Does that go on for a while while she doesn't know? Or
3: yeah, well, so I believe she had a mask in the books, if I'm not mistaken, and so Huey doesn't pick up on it right away, and he also isn't like diving into operations. He's Mm -hmm. more like a Q-type figure, you know? Oh, gotcha. Um, And so they never really cross paths, but they're constantly meeting at the park and talking and getting to know each other, and then they start dating. And then it actually comes out, and she just, you know, ghosts him. Like, they don't talk for a while. He's all messed up mentally. That's where he kind of breaks and starts getting physical Mm -hmm. uh, with the compound V. Sure. and like actually going with Butcher and causing some damage and she gets a little more jaded and starts turning more Mavish mm-hmm. and then it all kind of what we saw at the end of the first season is similar to what happened. She's just like, oh, fuck well. this, get rid of the seven, rebuild. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but Butcher is like off the rails at that point, you know?
2: So is this, as we get into the deeper spoilers, the big cliffhanger of the family that, uh, what's his name? The Superman, I forget Homelander. his name. Homelander. Yeah. yeah, so Homelander knocked up Butcher's ex wife or wife. wife. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we don't know whether or not it was rape at I this mean, point.
3: it's not, right? We can all kind of agree. Like, when they showed the scene where she walks out of the closet, it's very clear, like, you just had an affair. Yeah. I like, you know. are razzled, but, like, hey, come I on. think it could go I either
1: don't know, way. But also, like, Dennis Reynolds, the implication, right? The like, implication. Are you going to say no to Homelander? Because I think, he could fucking crush you.
3: Yeah, I think this is all Butcher trying to justify his vengeance, right? He needs someone to blame that isn't him. Like, I wasn't good enough for my wife and she had an affair. That's kind of where I'm at with it. And with the wife having survived at the end of the show and she has the kid and she sees him and she's like, oh fuck, like... Mm -hmm. I think clearly it was just like you're kind of nuts with your (laughs) (laughs) anti-superhero thing and like I need a distance and that's how the books went you know like Homelander and Butcher are the exact same person on opposite ends of the spectrum like both of them are completely self-serving fueled by some weird vendetta Mm -hmm. and don't care about anyone around them do they do this in the comic then as far as Homelander having a kid no not that I remember. Gotcha.
1: Interesting. Which luckily it was picked up for a second season.
2: Well, they were, f- yeah. yeah, and I, from what I heard, they were filming yeah. this before they even released the first season. They were that stoked on it, mm-hmm. but they didn't announce it until a couple weeks after. They announced or? it at Comic Con. Yeah. Okay.
0: My favorite part is they self insert a Seth and an Evan. So <laughs> uh, Evan Goldberg, yeah. Seth Rogen. And then they take Seth. And make it so that he had his dick frozen off.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I just fucking love it. Who would have thought Seth Rogen and his buddy Evan Goldberg, super bad guys bringing all these comic book properties to TV like Preacher successfully that, and the boys, but Preacher being something that kicked around with HBO and movies forever. That, didn't they
0: do uh future man too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that There's one. There's
1: an interview that Seth Rogen did on the Nerdist a couple of years ago. That was actually like, Really insightful about like the type of person that he is and the creative type that he is. Hmm. I recommend it.
2: He was—I watched his uh, *Comedians in Cars* with Jerry Seinfeld. He's a very smart guy for like your comedian stoner <laughs> dude. This is why I gotta have a stand. Um, like uh, his reference to why he didn't stick with stand-up comedy—it was uh, his it was like his friend who was a boxer, and it, it was. He wanted to be a boxer until he boxed someone that really wanted to be a boxer. And that was his approach on comedy. And uh, he talks about... Yeah, it's another great
3: one. Well, and I mean, all those... Those guys are talented, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you go back to Freaks and Geeks. And, like, Seth Rogen wrote two episodes of that show. He's 16 years old at the time. I didn't realize he years. wrote a couple. Yeah, Jason Segel wrote an episode. Like, all those guys... And they talk about it, like, even though nothing was happening, and there's, like, this eight-year gap of Apatow, like, making anything that is well-received. Like, he is mentoring, basically, Rogan, Jay Baruchel, Jason Segel this whole time, Mm -hmm. and helping them develop their craft as far as not really acting, but more the writing-directing side of things. Oh, gotcha. And it's pretty incredible, just those how those dudes
0: everything kind of stuck together yeah fucking you just reminded me so i watched the veronica mars movie yeah martin Starr is the bad guy in that hmm. he's like a a super creepy like murderer yeah and he's got like a clean like not really high and tight but like a short haircut and he's like dressed nice i'm like what the fuck that doesn't look right at all <laughs> this guy ever, never acts like that I. it took me until the end of the movie to even notice who it was that's crazy I'm just waiting mm. for, you know, clearly we're just going to keep going with Garth
3: Ennis. Yeah. With Seth Rogen. So I'm just waiting for that. James Franco is the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Hill is Micro. <laughs> Jay Baruchel is Weasel somewhere in there. Oh, man. Just, his Punisher I would stuff love was that. so good.
0: I would Isn't absolutely it weird love that, that. You
1: see so many Punisher stickers on cars.
0: And you see so many of them on cop cars. Yeah. Like, I
1: saw one that was. The Punisher skull, but it was made up of the American flag and it had a blue line down the middle of it. Yeah, that's a cop thing. I was like, that's so much in one sticker. There's also one
3: that's a white supremacist thing that's very close to that. I mean, isn't that the same thing? Well, the...
0: I can't remember (laughs) the
2: the creator of the Punisher because he came out and said he thought it was very disturbing that all these cops were embracing the Punisher logo because he's like, this is law enforcement failing. This is our country failing someone. Yeah. Why are you embracing this as law enforcement? Which I agree. It's pretty disturbing.
3: BSR gets political. Oh, don't I you. don't... I mean,
2: it's Anyways,
1: weird. Cops, no, no. Let's, let's dive into this okay. a little bit. Like, everyone <laughs> loves the
3: Punisher when you're like 12 to 14, right? When you're on that cusp and puberty setting in, you start getting a little anti-establishment, anti-authority.
2: But not enough of the shades of gray, but just like, black and white.
3: As I get older, like... That is not, I could give a shit about the Punisher. Just straight up, I read it, I'm like, okay, we get it. You kill people. Like, what, what You is kill bad this? guys, we yeah. get it. He's anybody
0: a, who gets in your way.
2: He's a shallow character. He's only interesting when he's paired up against someone that has more, like Spider-Man, like yeah. a, a lot of shades of gray that has to deal with this person that is, obviously, has some screws loose.
3: Just lost an auction on that Spider-Man. The issue? The first, yeah, first Punisher. Sorry, bud. I'm sorry. There's a, a Miss Marvel number one, the original series.
1: What? It's only $115. Yeah.
3: Right Nine point eight. We love.
2: Ooh. Or we know how much you love spending money on stuff. Good. That you can set pay on a shelf.
1: Phone bills with that amount of money.
2: <coughs> the youngest of us sounds the most grown up all the time. <laughs>
3: um,
1: uh, speaking of cops, Hobbs and Shaw.
3: Uh, Save it. That was. Did they do like a spaceman spiff within that movie? Does that happen? <laughs> no. <Is> that? No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks, Lucas. Thanks. <laughs> it's Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, know no, I are. got okay. you. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Just
2: Bill that Watterson. He, he wrote a comic strip. Was yeah, I'm a little not that boy. young. Or I think that, that ended before
0: she was born. I don't know. That's uh.
1: what Fight Club is, right? Growing yeah. up, Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Yeah, yeah I guess. Tyler's
1: Hobbes. Ed Norton is Calvin.
3: Yeah, Wait, should. what is that? Fight Club? Mm-hmm. Oh. It could be. Wait, does is Helena Bottom Carter Susie? Is that, <laughs> is that where we're going with
2: this? Oh, I mean, there's a line about grade school in that movie.
1: Yeah. Travel down that rabbit hole, man.
2: This just oh, got bad. I mean, it's,
0: it's kind of not, though, because Hobbes was always like the... More normal of the two, so it doesn't quite so quite was work. Edward Norton Hobbs? Yeah, I was, there you go. You got to go the <laughs> other way with it. it makes more yeah. sense if you go the other way. With Which, it.
3: yeah, kind of makes sense, right? Because Tyler Durden ends up being the more dominant of the personalities by the end of the movie. That's, Which that's actually also,
1: pretty. Speaking of Ed Norton reveals, Alito Battle Angel, that movie fucking sucked.
0: Yes, it
3: did. So we're just glazing right over
0: Hobbs and Shaw. Well, <laughs> I we was going to try to stop this so that we could cover that on the next one. Okay, all right. Well, Rebecca's lose We got gonna other stuff about brain. one
1: toy to talk about and comics to talk about we, in another we, episode. We,
3: how long have we have been going here? Where 35 minutes. Okay.
2: We can talk these two movies real quick yeah, All right, and go. then talk for 10 minutes on the next episode.
3: Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs can you give Shaw. me the backstory of the 18 Cars. other movies leading up to this? Booms.
1: You got it. Okay. Punches. One. I and
3: read booms. the most absurd thing yesterday. Let's hear it. That... All those guys are so ego driven that they had to count all the punches and kicks s- so they were equal because no one wanted to appear weaker than the other star. <laughs> Both Christ of Christ
1: on a crutch. For Hobbs and Shaw or Vin Diesel and the Rock? Because uh, there's a because there's a big feud between Vin Diesel and the Rock. Well
3: for no, what's his dick all uh, of of them. Statham, Statham too. Christ Vin Diesel, God. the Rock, Statham. <clears throat>
2: really? I could see the Statham being that way. Well
3: yeah, Vin Diesel's
2: And Vin Diesel, but, like, The Rock.
3: I don't think The Rock really did shit. I think it just became a thing, you know? Like, his agent's like, well, if you're giving Vin Diesel 20 punches and you're giving Statham 18 punches (laughs) and two kicks, then The Rock needs 19 (laughs) punches and one high eyebrow. And they (laughs) just, like, keep doing that. Now we
2: know why Schwarzenegger and Stallone did their own movies for all those years. (laughs) They didn't have to count fucking punches.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. If you like car chases and punchies and a little bit too much male gaze and movies literally grinding to a halt so that people can exchange quips with each other, then Hobbs and for you. You do see the outline of Idris Elba's dick. I That's, did catch that.
0: That is a selling point for the three <laughs> you of us. You say male gaze and then you talk about Idris Elba's
2: dick.
1: Gotta have something for the ladies.
2: <laughs> I think she meant G-A-Z-E. Male
3: gaze.
1: G- <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Zing. <laughs> uh, Yep. yeah we got that yeah. that's a good one yep yep
0: yep. i'm just baffled so that they keep making these movies you're i don't just,
2: get it you're just talking about alita now do you not see it in the theaters
1: no no andrew watched it he went to new york a couple weeks ago for work and he watched it on the flight and he texts me he's like rebecca i just watched alita battle Angel. It's the most incredible movie i've ever seen i want <laughs> you to watch it i want all my friends to watch it and i'm like why and so he got home and made me watch it and i'm like Alita's is the name of it's Alita's monster. Alita's the name of the doctor, <laughs> and he's like a fucking hate that joke. And then, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, that's Moonlight." And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "That actor. That's Moonlight." And he's like, "He has a name." And I'm like, "Yeah, what is it? You say it." <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't.
2: Uh, I didn't really care for it either. It not as passionately as you, but I'm also not a big anime guy, so. Maybe that's part of why it missed the mark for me. Well,
1: and this was going to be, it was, it was supposed to be James Cameron's like a big saga, but then he's like,
0: he's no, Avatar.
1: I'm going to do Avatar instead. Robert Rodriguez, here's my 6,000 pages of notes. Go ahead and make this trilogy.
2: As far as Rodriguez, I'm sh- the special effects and everything, awesome. Because I know he directed, but that's kind of his thing. His claim to fame is special effects.
1: Yeah. And then Michelle showed up.
2: Is It's real bad. Or yeah. Then Edward Norton's the...
3: Danny Trejo. The mm. bad guy. He's in there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez,
2: come on! <laughs> Daniel hadn't seen From Dust Till Dawn, so we watched that last night, and she cool. didn't know what happens. So yes. I was just like, "Yeah, Tarantino waiting. in that movie. He is such a fucking creep.
3: I know he does such a good job. I normally don't like his cameos in he's his a own god movies. awful actor, <laughs> except for I I love Pulp Fiction. I was like, he's it good in Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction, but everything great. else that he shows up in is horrible. Is but painful. Dust Till Dawn, it is like. Yeah.
0: It's great. Did you it's see so creepy. The new Tarantino? Oh, yeah.
1: Not yet. I haven't had
0: I t- saw.
3: It. I
1: haven't been able to carve out 3 what hours. yeah,
3: totally. I'll sure. be going this week at some yeah. point, but didn't get to it. I loved Maybe it. Tuesday?
1: Maybe going Tuesday.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, I liked it a lot.
2: I mean, if you like Tarantino, you know what you're getting into.
3: I don't think he's made a bad movie. It's just my still kind haven't of movie. I
2: I didn't care for it, but I want to watch the longer Netflix version. And when I saw that, it was kind of a weird period Eightful too. 8 yeah.
3: Is is great. Well, I've I mean, saw the movie, but yeah. I want
2: to see the... Because on Netflix, they have the extended version. They made it a serial. Yeah. Have you it's, watched that?
3: No. I. Again, like I you saw don't have it, nine and <laughs> it great, and I won't... Jackie Brown just popped up on Netflix again, so I'll, I'll be watching that. I think that's my favorite of the bunch. Really? Jackie yeah, Brown? I love Jackie Brown.
2: I really like this new one. It's definitely the most... Um, they They say it's like his happiest movie, and I could see that. Yeah. It's just... Kind of a love letter to L.A. in the 70s.
3: I'm just, I mean, it's kind of been an unspoken rule that you don't make a movie or about Sharon Tate and the murder. And he did. Am I wrong? Well, I, did, I don't know thinks, that you want me to spoil it. All right. Don't spoil it. I read about
1: it. it. Right,
2: so here's. His approach that I really enjoy, and this may be a spoiler, but I'm sorry. This episode is uh, brought to you like by the Glorious Bastards, located yeah. That, yeah. the yeah. interview with it. If my if these characters that I wrote were Please in sure to World like War II, it would have ended the iTunes. way I ended it. Yeah, okay. I like his approach to okay. history that All way of right. cool.
1: That's a good way to phrase it. That's, phrase yeah. it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, fuck this. Let's be done. Okay, bye. bye.